and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name's Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I don't know if you've noticed, but my audio quality is not always the best. And if you listen to my Kit Sweetly episode, you know that I had to re-record that because the audio was especially bad. So today I'm trying something new. I am recording from my closet because I have heard that is the best place to record in your house. And I just have a headset that I record with. So we're going to see how this works. Is it a tight fit currently? Yes. Yes, it is with me and all my different stuff in here. So hopefully the audio quality is better. But if not, well, you try something new and see if it works. So today I'm going to be talking about Star Daughter by Shweta Takrar. That is, I listened to her say her name about five or six times and that's as close as I can get to saying it correctly. I'm definitely doing better than I was when I said what book I was going to be talking about last week on the A Rogue of One's Own episode. So I'm really excited to talk about this book. It is, I think it's the first fantasy book that I've talked about on this podcast and it is a YA fantasy centered around Indian folklore and mythology a little bit, which is really exciting because I've never read a fantasy book that's centered around kind of Indian folklore and history and stuff like that. So I was really excited to look this book up and find it. So as always, there will be spoilers. If you don't want Star Daughter to be spoiled, make sure you go and read it before you come back and listen to my hopefully only 10 minutes or less uh, summary of the plot and then kind of all my opinions of the book. So let's get started with the plot summary. The book starts out, it opens at a party that Cheadle's at that her aunt is throwing and um, Sheetal, basically every single character in this book is Indian. So, well, Indian American, actually, yeah, Indian American. Sorry, I'm reading a book right now that's set in Canada. So I was like, Canadian, but no, American. Yeah, so it's really fun because it's a really diverse book. And that was definitely one of my favorite parts about it. Anyway, so it starts at a party. And the premise is that Sheetal is a star daughter. She's half mortal, half star. Her dad is just a normal human guy on Earth. And he's a physicist and her mom was a star who came down from the heavens or the nakshatra. I didn't, I didn't look up how to say that. I'm really sorry. Basically it's uh, the constellation. So she came up from there, from the heavens and stayed on earth for a while. She left when Sheetal was seven and went back to the heavens, leaving Sheetal to live with her mortal family. And now it's 10 years later and it's just a couple days before Sheetal's 17th birthday and school has just let out for summer break. So Sheetal has this boyfriend named Dev, although honestly it's kind of unclear that they're dating until they basically break up about 80 pages into the book. Her dad doesn't want her seeing boys and her aunt knows her secret about being a star, so Sheetal's hair is this really cool silver color and she always has to dye it black, but the dye has been going out of her hair really quickly recently, like in a week, which should not be possible. And they are all trying to keep her secret so she's not allowed to sing or anything like that. So she's at this party. We meet her best friend and the boyfriend. Her best friend's name is Minal and the boyfriend's name is Dev. And probably Minal. I should look this up. Give me a second. I'm going to pause this. Okay, I'm back. So it is Minal. And then I also looked up how to say the constellation thing is that is Nakshatra. So that's how you say those words. Uh, Next time, I'm going to be better, and I'm going to Google how to say everything before I start the episode. That would save me a lot of time. Anyway, so then her family's all busy, so um, Sheetal goes over to Dev's house one day when nobody's around, and they 
make out and then she I think they fall asleep and she can see oh and he goes there and he plays her this song that he's been working on and she can see into his dream and she sees this dream about a man who captures this woman who's a star and bleeds her and Sheeta finds out that star blood can heal any mortal wound and that this man became a star hunter and hunted stars to try and take their blood and ha- like use that. And it turns out that Dev is descended from the star hunters and that he's known that Sheetal is a star this entire time. They wake up from that and it turns out so stars also can inspire morals, basically give them this inspiration to do great works of art, whether that be writing, singing for Dev, like writing a song, art, dancing, anything like that. And so she has inspired him and it turns out that the reason that he became friends with her and started dating her in the first place is because his cousin Jeet asked him to. And so Sheetal's obviously really mad about this, that she inspired him, that he knew she was a star this whole time, that the cousin asked him to get close to her. He says that after he first, because the cousin wanted information about her. He says he never gave the cousin information, which is true. We find out later. So anyways, Sheeta leaves and is really mad. And the thing is, she's been feeling really weird recently. So she goes home. Her dad and her get in a fight and her aunt's there because she has to call her aunt to pick her up from this boy's house. And her dad has this rule about no dating boys in high school or whatever. And so she gets really, really upset and accidentally electrocutes or accidentally burns her father by letting her star power out because she doesn't know how to use it. And it's new and it comes out and it burns him. And he... I don't know exactly what happens, but he basically gets sent to the ICU and he's on, I wouldn't say life support, but he, it seems like he might die. I think he's in a coma, like he's badly hurt, everything like that. And her aunt says, "Uh, I have to tell you something. It turns out that I've had this letter from your mom and uh, she told me to give it to you when it's time for you to send. So Sheetal tries to use her own blood to save her dad but because she is half mortal it's not strong enough it's strong enough to keep him safe for a couple days but not enough to heal him so she decides that she needs to ascend and go find her mom for her mom to give her some blood to heal her dad and so her aunt gives her the letter from her mom that basically gives her instructions on how to ascend she has to find these harp sisters in this secret magical market so her aunt brings her and her best friend Minal to the market and Honestly, they were at the market for a really long time and were introduced to all these different sort of cultural and mythological creatures, I guess, some of them. And I guess I didn't pay good enough attention to them because then later on I was like, what's an Aspara? I don't remember. But I should have been paying more attention there. But honestly, that section was really long. But it was very beautiful writing. But I'm the sort of person who likes dialogue and character thought more than just setting description which is a flaw of my own writing, but what in my own writing, but whatever. So they're there. Sheeta finds the Harp Sisters and Manal finds a potion that she can use to walk with the clouds so she can go up to um, the heavens with Sheeta. So the two of them leave and they show up. And when they get there, there's this huge sort of ceremony happening. And apparently it turns out there's a competition going on where the different leading families in the Nishakta in the different constellations are they have a competition every time there so there's 28 different constellation houses and one of them rules all of them and when the rulers decide to step down because they are going to go supernova or they've died or something like that they have a competition where they 
the different um, constellation houses that want to be the new rulers, they bring a mortal and they inspire them. And then there's this big voting by the different judges and whoever's mortals inspired the most and produces the best piece of art of whatever kind wins for their house. And then they go back to earth and have they're like well they become world famous basically so Sheetal has been called back because her house her family wants her to be their champion and there is five other champions one of them turns out is Dev's cousin Jeet who um yeah and then there's this mean girl Priyanka who just really wants to win because she needs to win to kind of bring back the puppet dancing of her ancestors a nice old lady who paints and then this uh, shady gay guy who is a sculptor. So maybe there was only five of them total. And so Sheetal finds out that she's been brought, been brought back to that. There's a big argument about whether or not she can actually compete because she's half more or half star. And it's decided that technically she can. She meets her grandparents and her mom again. And it turns out really the only reason they've brought her back is to win. And she's kind of hurt by that. I'm going to definitely talk about her family a lot later because that was a major important part of the book and something I thought about a lot while I was reading it. Um, she has to go through the different trainings and uh, learns different things about her family, whatever. Turns out Dev's there. They both are still really hurt about everything that's going on. And Dev is like, why won't you forgive me? And Sheetal's like, why did you lie to me? Why are you here with your cousin? All this different stuff. Minal starts a little low-key romance with the handmaiden Padmini. I think that's her name. I should probably look it up. Give me a second. Okay, I was wrong. Her name is Padmini. There's no J. Anyway, so they start a little low-key romance, and it's honestly really cute. I do enjoy that a lot. And uh, there's all this drama that goes on, and Sheetal's questioning her family's what's going on in her place in the world. And they, oh, and her grandmother says if she wins the competition, they'll give her a drop of blood so she can save her dad. And then uh, her mother's ex-best friend, who they got in a fight, offers to give her the blood, but she has to drop out of the competition, but Sheetal wants to figure out more about her star background, so she stays. There's all this stuff. Her mom is apparently, her grandmother really hates mortals, apparently, which we find out later at the competition, what's going on with that. And her mom says that if they win, her grandma will close off the gates between the worlds so that Cheeto can't go back and forth and nobody else can. But her mom wants to open the gates and have stars go back on Earth and inspire mortals so nothing, so mortals aren't bad creatures anymore, basically, which we're going to talk about that as well. And um, Cheeto gets drawn in by her mom's vision of a more perfect world and kind of agrees to help her. There's this whole subplot about the puppets being stolen and Sheetal being blamed and then they find them in her room and they convince this star who used to be a uh, half mortal but now is a full star to help put them back and then Padmini isn't helping them because she's trying to protect her brother who was this half mortal guy. Anyways all that happens and finally we get to the competition and everyone competes and it turns out that Jeet has been drinking star blood that's been being given by the mother's ex-best friend and he tells the story of um, the grandmother's the grandmother's sister, who was the woman in the story that was stolen and captured by the Star Hunters or Jeet's ancestors. And uh, it turns out that the grandmother refused to bring the baby because then it turns out that 
her sister had a baby from the sky and her grandmother refuses to bring the baby back to the heavens and so she condemns her sister to live down there and all this different drama 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 and then it's finally Sheetle's turn to go but she's found out that the reason why they had the competition the day of her 17th birthday is because 17 is the age of majority when she will become a full star so by the time she's about to perform it turns out that yo she's becoming a full star right then um, she almost falls prey to her mom's um, plan, but Manal and Dev tell her, what the heck, no. And also Manal and Dev, or not Manal and Dev, Sheetal and Dev kind of make up and get back together kind of earlier on. And then she has Dev compete in her place. She inspires him. He wins, but he doesn't want the world fame. But the grandma and they say, can't we just give Priyanka the fame because she actually needs it for her family or whatever? But they say no. So Dev becomes famous. And uh, Sheetal ends up uh, going back home herself and using her own blood to save her dad. Her mom comes with and they reunite. And then the epilogue is just Sheetal and Dev kind of going on a date, I think. I don't, or no, they're all in the supernatural market again having a good time and for now the worlds remain open to go in between and Sheetal is uh, figuring out how to be a star on earth because that's where she wants to be right now so that's kind of the condensed version of what happens I don't think this was as well said as some of my other summaries but I've seen but this is basically the gist of what happens so I think the first thing I want to talk about well, actually, you know what? The first thing I want to talk about is how beautiful the cover of this book is. If you're not following my Instagram, go find I Read a Book Once blog and look at my beautiful picture of this book because honestly, the cover is one of the prettiest covers I've seen in a really long time. If you don't have Instagram or you don't want to follow it, my Instagram for some odd reason, just go Google the book and you'll see that how beautiful the cover is. And I just want to mention that because sometimes covers do matter you know so whatever so then the biggest thing I think we need to talk about is Sheetal's family her mortal family and her star family and I touched a little bit about issues but low-key her family's kind of suck but in different ways so her mortal family really consists of her dad and then her aunt and there's like cousins and other aunts and uncles and stuff like that but those are the main two and the thing is they suck in the way that normal families suck right so they don't really suck at all it's like her dad says you can't have a boyfriend in high school Okay, lots of dads say that. That's totally normal. And also on that point, I want to say that nobody, not her aunt, not Minal, not anybody in the stars, nobody blamed Sheetal for accidentally injuring her dad, really. At least I don't remember. Maybe Dev said something, but I don't know for sure. And so I just want to say I really appreciated that because it was an accident. And I also appreciated that I didn't have to read hundreds of pages of her really being angsty about that and thinking it was completely her fault when nobody would teach her how to do anything and it was a total accident. So I just want to say I appreciated that. And then her aunt, uh, Radika Foy, which apparently Foy means aunt in one language that I don't remember that is spoken in India, but I don't remember which one it was because I googled it because I thought it was weird that she called other people auntie but she called her aunt Radika Foy and it's because the Foy part means aunt. So anyways her aunt really has Sheetal try to be a wallflower because she's trying to protect her from anybody who would want to harm her as a star as being other and so yeah that is annoying because Sheetal talks about how she wants to be seen how she's never been able to sing in public or anything like that which is what she was going to do if she performed. 
But her aunt, at the end of the day, has the best interest in heart. The same with keeping the letter from Sheetal from her mom. If she gave the letter to Sheetal at 7, Sheetal would have tried to find this market at 7 and go to the heavens because she misses her mom. That's not something she should be doing at 7. So at the end of the day, the her mortal family, yeah, some of the things they do kind of suck, but like not really, just like a low-key, you know? And it's a normal family, like they still love them, whatever. The Star family, though, there were some real issues there. The only real reason they bring her to the heavens is so that she can be a pawn in their game to compete for the throne. Honestly, her mom leaves her for 10 years on Earth and never comes back or communicates with her, which was very, like, she was very upset by that at the beginning of the book, and I would be too if my mom left me for 10 years and only called me back to be a pawn in this royalty game, right? But you do end up forgiving the mom because her parents, you find out that stars can only live on Earth for so long before they kind of die or get sick or something like that. So her mom did need to go back and her dad and mom, so the two grandparents who she calls Nana, which is actually the grandfather, and then Nani, which is the grandmother, she calls them, wait, yeah. The two of them called her back because they needed her at court or whatever, but I don't understand why she never, like, left for a day because the gates were still open she could have just gone back and seen her daughter once a month or something like that while still maintaining her royal duty as the princess of her constellation but you know that's just me i was not charmuti charmuti that was the mom's name charmuthi let me man okay it's charmati charum charumati okay so that's the mom's name so, and then the grandma really makes a lot of poor decisions back in the day when her sister, about thinking all mortals are bad and stuff like that, which, I mean, I guess her sister was taken, but she never walks, she never realizes or acknowledges that she did something wrong and, or walks back or apologizes or anything like that. And she does want to close it off so that more, they can't go see mortals again, which is not what the, it should be about. So the grandma, honestly, low-key, very devious, very ambitious, cares about Shido, but also mostly cares about the throne. So then Charamuti, like I said, that whole thing, the grandfather is like pretty irrelevant. Like he mostly helps Shido until the, for the most part. So he's irrelevant, but also part of the whole plan. So he kind of sucks too. But then, so we talked about like Charamuti leaving Sheetal, but then let's talk about her vision for when they win and she convinces, she kind of like throws a coup on her parents and takes the throne and um, decides to keep the, keep the worlds open, right, so that the stars can go down to earth or whatever. Her whole thing on humans is that they are bad and that they don't learn and that there's so much evil that goes on and if the stars went down they could just inspire away all of that inspire everybody on earth to be good and whatever and she basically doesn't think she doesn't think strongly that's the word I want she doesn't think strongly of humans or of anything that they are or can do or who they are as people which is funny because she married one her daughter was half human slash is half human, right? And she knows all these other people, but she still thinks that way. And a lot of stars think that way because they've never been to Earth. They don't know anybody who's human for the most part, except for these. Oh, also all the champions. I just remembered this. They get their mind wiped 
if they don't win or even if they do win. I don't remember. So typically nobody would ever remember anything that happens there if they lose. So yeah, that's how the stars protect themselves. But first of all, Charmuti's opinion on humans kind of reminded me of The Good Place, which if you have seen that, it's a TV show basically where these four humans die and they're told they're in The Good Place and shenanigans ensue when one of them thinks that she's an imposter. That's kind of what goes on the first season. It reminded me of The Good Place in kind of the later seasons when this is a spoiler for The Good Place, so skip if you don't want that spoiled. Okay. Anyways, it reminds me of the later seasons when the judge and all of the bad place people say, humans suck. They're the worst. They'll never get better. Blah, blah, blah. This basically reminded me of that. And I just finished season four of The Good Place, which got me in my feels. If you finish season four, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to spoil it. Anyways, that was really annoying. And then Luckily, Sheetal's friends, Manal and Deb, they convinced Sheetal not to go along with her mom's plan because if the star, they talk about free will and basically make this argument that if the stars are on earth inspiring mortals to do every single thing ever, there is no free will, there is nothing that they can, there's no life really because the stars are just there and they make you do everything, which was a very good argument by them and Sheetal does end up realizing that oh she's just been entranced by this vision that her mom has spun for her and she really just wants to be close to her mom again and all of this stuff and honestly what is it about immortal beings that they always just think that humans on the whole are bad and that they suck and that they aren't good and they can't get better and that they need to control every aspect of their lives and they can make things better what is it about that that always really bugs me this idea that we're all bad I don't buy that I think that humans are fundamentally good I think we can always get better sure there are bad people out there but I don't think the majority of people are bad especially not in the way that it is described by the immortal beings and different media outlets and stuff like that so yeah let me know what you thought about that do you think humans are fundamentally good I do And so when we run across things like this in books and movies and TV shows, it does, it kind of strikes me like, why is this a thing we see all the time? And also I think free will is important and I do think it is something that we as humans have. Okay, next biggest thing, let's talk about the romantic relationships. I touched a little bit about Minal and Padmini, which I just really liked their whole thing that was going on. It was kind of just a cute little flirtation. It was just really fun, nice, lighthearted kind of background um, relationship between the two girls. So I just, I thought that was nice. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good representation and I enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. Now let's move on to Sheetal and Dev's relationship. The book picks up and they've been dating for three months. And so honestly, I didn't really buy their romantic relationship. I didn't really, like I said with the Kit Sweetly book, I didn't feel that tension between the two if you know what I mean if you read a lot of romance and I thought at first that maybe part of this could be because they've already gotten together at the beginning of the book we there's already a pre-established relationship going on but I'm reading a book right now on my phone which I don't really talk about books I read on my phone on this podcast so you don't get to know what it's called (laughs) anyways that starts off and the two of them have been like 
it's a marriage of convenience basically and they've been married for six months and they had been like living together for six months before that basically so we, we pick up in the middle of their relationship you know and I still am invested and care about it however that is a romance instead of a fantasy so the romance is the central element versus the fantasy in this book but yeah so I I just didn't really buy it at first and then even by the end of it I'm okay I've said yes I'm glad you get back together, I suppose, but I'm not really rooting for them like I am in other romance books or even fantasy books with a romance subplot, right? I'm not really, I don't really care about if they get back together or not, except at the beginning I didn't want them to get back together because I thought Dev was shady because, again, this is, I think this just has to do with the writing because I have read books before or seen movies before where the typically the male love interest is low-key sus because he has gotten close to the female love interest for bad reasons of getting info or it's fake or something like that but then falls in love anyways and disregards it and have totally been like yes forgive him whatever and in this at first I really wasn't about it because he allowed Sheetal to inspire him and the thing is you don't allow someone to inspire you per se because it just kind of happens and he could say stop but she didn't know she was doing it at the time but he also knew he was a star and started their relationship under false pretenses so I don't know I just wasn't really about that and so that happened and then also he I don't know I just I didn't really buy the romance I didn't really feel that Dev was sorry at first I mean I did think he was sorry but I just was kind of more on Sheetal's side which you're supposed to be because it's the books written from her point of view but I don't know I just didn't really I just like I said the romance was just okay at the end he does come around and they do make up and he does become her champion and kind of estrange himself from his cousin who Loki is kind of becomes insane from drinking all the star's blood and whatever but like I said I just didn't really care about that relationship that much and I, I am currently reading a book right now called Ties That Tether which you'll hear about in about two weeks I believe that uh, is the exact opposite I do care about this relationship so much and I'm so glad because if you've been listening to the last couple episodes there's been a lot of relationships that I just didn't really care for which is sad because you always want to root for the characters to get together. At least I do. And then kind of going back to the ties that tether, like I said, this book is all about kind of Indian culture, which was really fun and exciting and different, at least for me as a reader, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was very rich in Indian culture and heritage and all of that. There's the description of the food and the clothing and different creatures and the names of the constellations and stuff like that which I really liked but I did kind of want a glossary or an index at the back of the book I don't know if any of you have read the kind of the Rick Riordan books where especially the heroes of Olympus or stuff like that where at the end he kind of includes something that tells you like what all the mythical creatures are and like who the gods are and stuff like that I would have loved that because by the time I got to the middle of the book, I forgot what a lot of the different, like what the foods were, what this different creature was or something, and I would have loved to have been able to flip to the back to read and remind myself and refresh my memory and being like, oh yeah, okay, that's what it is. Um, And then the thing is though, I wonder if, I don't know, I'm reading Ties That Tether right now, and 
that is about um, a Nigerian immigrant and it's also a romance so I'm really it's really really good guys I can't put it down I'm just under halfway through but anyways there's a lot of description of her Nigerian culture but I don't feel like I need a glossary or an index for that because I feel like the way that the different things are introduced and described I remember them in a way that I didn't with this book I'm not really sure what that means or what that says about the writing or about myself or anything like that but like I said I would have just really liked the glossary or the index but I did really enjoy having this diverse and fun YA fantasy book and that is I think I'm really just gonna leave it at that the last thing is just I saw some things on bookstagram which is instagram about books I, I don't know whatever if you if you know you know Anyways, basically a lot of people thought this book was kind of boring. I will say this book was over 400 pages long and honestly there wasn't a lot that was going on. A lot of it was more character development and the whole thing about her getting ready for the competition. But I didn't, like I liked this book. This was a pretty pretty good book. I would recommend it to somebody who's looking to read some diverse fantasy books. I don't think this was the best fantasy book I ever read but I did think it was pretty good and I did enjoy it. So did I think it was boring? No. Did I think it was action-packed? Absolutely not. It was more of kind of that character-driven, slow build, lots of exposition almost where you would think there'd be another book, but I don't really think there's going to be. So that's all I have to say about that. I'm really excited to announce that next week, if you're not aware, is the week of Halloween. And so I'm doing a special three-part series where I will have episodes that come out three times that week. I'm looking at the dates right now. They're going to come out on the 27th, so Tuesday, the 29th of October, Thursday, and then on Halloween, which is a Saturday. And they are going to be a three-part series on the Harley Merlin series by Bella Forrest that I've been reading. And if you follow my Instagram or have been listening to other episodes, you'll have heard me talk about I'm really excited about it. It's all about magicals, which are basically witches and wizards. And so it's fitting for the Halloween week. And um, so it'll be a three-part episode because there are a three-part series because there are nine books. So I talk about the nine books throughout the three episodes. So make sure you tune into that next week. I'm super, super excited about it. And um, like I said, make sure you uh, follow my Instagram, I read a book once blog, and go follow or look up my website, I read a book once blog.com, to see some new and fun different writing blog posts and stuff like that. So this was um, I read a book once talking about Star Daughter by Shwita Thakrar, and I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>